Good morning, Menlo Church. So good to be with you. My name is Cheryl, and I'm one of the pastors here at Menlo Church, and it is good to be together. Uh, True story. It was not until I went away to college that I was confronted with some really, really confounding, befuddling kind of thinking. Uh, I grew up in Southern California, and I went to college out of state, and my roommate was from New Jersey, and there were folks on my hall from other states as well. And one of them, very early in my time at this university, said right to my face, I could never live in California. What kind of hate is that? But they said, and I I couldn't understand that. I could not understand it. And they said, I could never live in California because I need seasons. Now, this was was mind-blowing to me that anyone would think this way. Because again, I grew up in Southern California with native California parents, Angelino mom who is as proud of California as Texans are proud of Texas, if you know what I mean. And, and, and to me, the thought that I did not have seasons in California, I, 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 I didn't, that just didn't compute. And maybe there's a few of you here who have that kind of hate, who have that kind of misunderstanding of what it is to live in California. And so I had to go back into the family archives, you will figure out how old I am based on these photos, um, to convince the three of you here that California has seasons, that I grew up with seasons. So we'll start here. Uh, I think we got summer, which, okay, everyone's like, well, of course, summer. We've got summer. Okay, we've got fall. Check out the hair and the rugby shirt. And if you're of a similar age, you had that rugby shirt, right? But that rugby shirt says it's getting cool. (laughs) It's fall. We're sitting by a fireplace. Now let's go to winter. Southern California, snow. My parents obviously even owned little snow hats and little snow sweaters for us because we have winter in Southern California. Now, has it ever snowed like that again? Yes, actually this year, but, um, <laughs> but winter. And then we have spring. This, this, I figure this is spring because I have no idea what's on my head or my sister's head, uh, but those look like Easter dresses. And uh, we had spring. So are you convinced Okay, good, because I don't want to go into a big debate about this. And I know we can debate whether California has seasons. But one thing we can agree on is the metaphor of seasons, right? We use this metaphor when we're talking about times in our life of life change, of transformation, that we are in a particular season. All these seasons can come with different emotions, right? We're in a season of sadness. We're in a season of joy. We're in a season of celebration. Maybe you're in the season of middle school. Bless you. 
Maybe it's a season of a new job or a new city. Maybe it's a season of anger or apathy. Maybe it's the season of a diagnosis or a surprise that is wonderful. There are seasons, and oftentimes it feels like all of those things converge into one season. There are seasons in our spiritual journey. Maybe you're on a spiritual journey. I remember for me, when I became a Christian, uh, that was initially a season of, of just joy and assurance and God's presence and zeal and purpose as I followed Jesus. But then came seasons of doubt. Then came seasons of disappointment with God. There was a season in my life where I remember just saying to friends of mine, Jesus is not working for me. And I was in ministry. Um, There are different seasons in our faith journey. And they kind of cycle, right? Because there's the seasons of doubt. Then there's seasons of a sense of God's nearness and presence that's almost palpable. and, And it goes through. And what I've kind of come to understand in my faith journey is that those seasons are normal. And I used to try to fight them, right? And now what I find myself doing is... If I'm in a season of doubt, and they come for me um, pretty often, not all the time, but I've learned to just doubt my doubts. (laughs) If I'm in a season in which I feel disappointed with God or discouraged with God or whatever, I just name it to some trusted friends, and I walk that out, right? We, We live in seasons and knowing the cycle of those and that that's very normal. One thing I have realized for me is that in every season there is an opportunity to move toward God or to move away from God. Right? And as I was thinking about this, it actually kind of, I kind of surprised myself because what I realized for me might be different for you. But what I realized for me is that oftentimes it's in hard seasons that I move towards God. I need move towards him because I feel this need for him. I feel desperate at times. And then when things are good, I'm often tempted to move away from God. There's actually a warning about this in the scripture in Deuteronomy 8. It says, when you eat and are satisfied... When you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and your gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. You will move away from God. But what would it be for us if we could move toward God in every season. That's what we want to consider together over the next few weeks. What season are you in? What season are you in? What would it look like for you to move toward God 
and not away from God. Not by denying your feelings or stuffing your feelings. You know that when we do that, when we stuff our feelings, the only one in denial is us, right? (laughs) Because everyone around us is experiencing our emotions and our feelings. We are leaking out into our coworkers or our classmates or our friends or our family or our spouse or our kids or our parents, right? So this isn't about stuffing our feelings, but what would it be to fully engage with the emotions in the season that we're in and be able to be fully present to God? Let's pause for just a minute, and I want to pray, and we'll enter into what could be. If you feel comfortable, I just often pray with my hands and my palms upward and open as a way of just saying, God, I want to hear from you. I want to receive from you. I want to be open to you. And Father God, we do pray that way today. We just invite you to provide for us. We need you to help us move towards you. Maybe there's someone here today who is fairly apathetic to you or maybe has been wounded in the church or in some relationship with you. Would you give them a sense, Lord, of the safety of this place for them to just be whoever they are in whatever season they're in authentically and honestly before you. God, we want to be those kind of people. And so we receive from you now. Would you speak to us in Jesus' name? One of the great gifts that God has given us to help us move toward him in any season is found in the Bible. It's if you uh, crack your Bible right down the center. This doesn't work on the app, but, um, but it does work if you have a particular Bible. Some don't work. If you crack your Bible open right to the center, you get a book called Psalms. And this book is a book that's been given to us to help us in that journey of moving towards God. It's in the center of our Bible. I want it to be in the center of my spiritual life and my spiritual journey. And that's what we're going to talk about over the next uh, few weeks. This series called Seasons is Grounded in the Psalms. And what I want to do today is I want to kind of give us a broad scope, a, a big understanding of the book of Psalms, and then we'll start diving into some individual ones. But so for the Bible nerds, I'm going to go over (laughs) all that um, I can say about the Psalms in this amount of time. If you're not a Bible nerd, you can look at the scores on your phone. Um, But here's what we need to know about the book of the Psalms. The Psalms is a prayer book. It's the book that taught the ancient Israelites how to pray. The New Testament, we have an Old Testament and a New Testament. The New Testament quotes um, 
the Old Testament over 230 times, and the book that it quotes most often is the Psalms. Jesus quoted from the Old Testament quite often, and the book Jesus quotes from most often is from the Psalms. Jesus would have learned to pray through the Psalms as he was growing up. For centuries, and even today, the church has learned to pray by praying the Psalms. The Psalms contain, the book of Psalms contains 150 poetic prayers. They're written by various authors. Uh, 73 of them were written by King David. The Psalms are not a hymn book. They really are a prayer book. Um, Each chapter is a prayer, a psalm, if you will. And then later, after the psalms were compiled, they were put to music and they were sung in the temple. But their primary purpose is prayer. And so when they sang the psalms, they were singing prayers. So macro level, the introduction to the psalms is the psalm one and two are considered less prayers and more introduction. They introduce this book that has been compiled. Psalm 1 declares this. It it declares, Blessed are you who delight in the Torah or in the law of God, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. Blessed are you who delight in God's word, in God's Torah. You meditate upon it. You live it. You live into it. And then it moves into the body of the Psalms. And the book of Psalms, if you have a Bible with little headings and chapter things, the book of Psalms is broken into five books. Book one, book two, book three, book four, book five, which mirror the five books of the Torah. And those five books of the Torah... They put on display God's amazing works, his creation, his ways. It puts on display his laws and his commands. It puts on display how God worked with the people of Israel and his um, relationship with them and his patience with them and his kindness towards them. And so now you have these five books of the Psalms that are prayers about this relationship, prayers expressed during those seasons of God's work with the Israelites. The uh, primary themes found in the Psalms are laments and praises. The book begins mostly with laments that express, uh, a lament expresses confusion, pain, sadness, anger, how horrible the world is. These are prayers that cry out to God, would you do something, would you do something, would you do something? And of course, there are the prayers that are praise and joy and thanksgiving and celebration that go throughout as well. Each of those five books of the Psalms end with a declarative psalm. You can tell there's intent in the compiling of these these poems, these prayers. And at the end of each of those books, 
There's a psalm that one author said could be summarized each time. May the Lord God of Israel be blessed forever. Amen and amen. May the Lord God of Israel be blessed forever. Amen and amen. Because at the punctuation point, at the end of each book, the compiler wants us to know that this is about God. The Psalms, the prayers are about God. Would God be blessed? Not just would I be blessed, but would God be blessed forever? Because the purpose of the Psalms is for us to move toward God. And then the conclusion to this compilation, this book of Psalms, is the last five Psalms, because each of them begin and end with a word, hallelujah. And this is a command word. Hallelujah is a command to praise. Yah is short for Yahweh. A command to praise Yahweh. A command to praise God. Not to pretend, not a command to pretend. Hear this. Not a command to pretend, but a command to acknowledge the one who holds us together in every season. And so that command to praise might sometimes mean that our praise is just a whisper. (laughs) Praise God, praise God. I remember I was in a very, very dark season of life, a clinical depression, and I could not pray. And I was thankful for friends who were praying for me. But when I could pray in that season, very often it was at night, and I remember just laying in bed, and I would just, the only thing I could pray, I could only just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. So here's what I want us to hold on to when we think of the Psalms and as we journey through uh, them together in this series. Three Ps. You with me? Three Ps. Permission, presence, and prayer. Permission, presence, and prayer. The first, permission. The Psalms give us permission to feel all the feels. Psalms give us permission to feel all the feels. Some people think that to be a Christian, they have to only feel happy, joy, chirpy, yay, I'm a Christian, I love God, I'm always happy. It's obnoxious. (laughs) Other people take the other side. Maybe they're making up for the chirpy people. But there are other Christians, you might know some of them, who have taken on lament as their way, right? I'm just holding on. Everything's horrible. It's really bad. Just holding on by a little tiny string till Jesus returns. Stop that. I love this cartoon. 
the guy is saying, uh, he says, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Unless you ask me how I am, in which case I'll say I'm fine, even though I'm not fine. We do not have to pretend. Christians, you should be the most honest, authentic people on the planet. You have a God who already knows, who already sees, who invites you into a true relationship with him. The Psalms give us permission to tell the truth, and often it begins by praying the truth, to move toward God with what is true for you. Here's just a little smattering of permissions the the Psalms give us. Pray your frustration, Psalm 13. How long, Lord? How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Pray your anger. Psalm 56 says this. This is, this is a great one. Break the, t- break the teeth in their mouths, O oh God. That's honest. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. Now, people have problems with these psalms because there's actually quite a few of them that are praying anger and praying honestly like, God, get them. And it's like, well, what, how does a loving God note this? God isn't necessarily going to answer that prayer and go rip out people's teeth. But God invites you to be honest with him. He invites you to pray that anger, to bring it before him, right? Pray, pray your discouragement, Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Pray your sense of betrayal, Psalm 3. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Pray your joy, pray your thanksgiving, pray your gratitude and your praise. Psalm 146, I will praise the Lord with all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. The Psalms give us permission to pray what we feel. The second thing that the Psalms do is presence. The Psalms viscerally express God's presence to us. That's the power of poetry, right? And some of you hate poetry, but but what poetry does is that poetry gives us pictures and words for things we're not even sure we would have known how to express. Poetry invites us to step into our imagination. Poetry invites us, the poetry of the Psalms, to experience the unseen reality of a God who moves towards us. We hide, but our God never hides. I love this quote from pastor and writer Eugene Peterson. He said, our habit is to talk about God, not to him. We love discussing God, but the prayers of the Psalms don't seek God. 
They respond to the God who seeks us. The prayers of the Psalms don't seek God. They respond to the God who seeks us. Permission to pray all that you feel, to experience the presence of God. And then prayer. The Psalms teach us to pray because we learn to pray by praying. A child learns to speak by repeating the words they hear, right? Good or bad, okay? They repeat what they're hearing. And it helps us to learn to pray by praying prayers of others. So here it is with prayer. Don't overthink it. Don't, it's not a performance. It's not something you need to get good at. Just pray. Pray as you drive, pray as you walk, pray with your friends. And during this series, we want to invite you to the formation practice of praying the psalm. So when you came in, we would love for you to do this with your life groups, with your family, with your friends, on your own. You should have gotten a little card. So uh, wave the card. And uh, here's what I want to do. On the back of it, it also gives you a QR code or a, a URL to Find some resources every week, every Sunday, we'll post a weekly guide to help you pray through the Psalms according to the seasons that we're in. Um, But what I want to do right now is I want to invite us to just use this little guide and to pray a Psalm together, okay? Don't worry, not out loud, Um, (laughs) privately. So I'm just going to walk us through this. And we're going to pray through uh, Psalm 103. And the first little step in this, if you will, is just to consider the season that you're in. Go ahead and bow your heads. What season are you in? If you're not quite sure, ask the Lord, God, what season am I in? And then pause and tell God what you're feeling, what you need. And then I'm going to just read through the psalm. I'll read through it twice the first time. Um, It's just a few verses for the sake of our time. But listen for maybe words or emotions that stand out to you as I read it the first time. Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. 
The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. And now I'm going to read it a little bit slower, giving you time to maybe just offer up prayers as you hear words that inspire your needs, your prayers, your praises, your laments. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Father, we thank you that you are a God who forgives all our sins. You redeem our lives from the pit. You crown us with love and compassion. We thank you that we see all of this in Jesus who came to forgive and to heal. We see this in Jesus who is a God of compassion and grace, slow to anger, abounding in love. Lord, we acknowledge to you that in every season we want to move towards you. In every season, you are our God. In every season, you have moved toward us long before we ever moved toward you. And so we praise you. And the, we sing these words to you because we love you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.